Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this latest version of uh, Tales, Tales from Outer Space, where I take an HFY story from somewhere around the internet and read it aloud for your enjoyment. All the relevant links are down below. Like, subscribe, and all that YouTube comf to help this video and channel grow. Anyways, as always, I hope that you enjoy. I would just like to thank the following tier 5 patrons and channel members for supporting the channel. Fallen Angel. Buzz Kennington, Data Magnet, and Bob the Dragon. Thank you again, and now on to the story. On the Souls of Humanity, or Seriously, Do Not Touch, written by Tiny Bard. Inside an interrogation chamber, deep within one of the great war machines of the Zeth fleet, a single human sat tied to a chair. He was bare-chested, and the interrogator could see the scars that lined every inch of his body. These faint white lines were crossed and covered by more recent wounds, cuts, bruises, and burns inflicted by the interrogator's own hand. The interrogator had long since sacrificed his own name to the Zith God of torture and war. In return, he had been granted insight into the minds of those around him so long as he inflicted pain enough upon them. The human was now ready, his mind and soul open to the interrogator. The interrogator's superiors wished to know what gifts the pantheon of humanity granted its soldiers, what rights were demanded of them, and how to counteract them. The interrogator stepped in front of the human, careful to make his steps ring ominously upon the metal floor. He leaned close to the human's face and smiled as the human forced a single eye open, while the other remained shut due to swelling. The interrogator raised a single, long finger to his lipless mouth and smiled, the expression he knew to be unnerving as a snarl. Of course, the human couldn't speak even if he wished to, as his mouth was gagged. Now was not the time for the glorious song of his screams to ring out. The interrogator needed to concentrate. The interrogator reached out with his mind, feeding towards the connections wrought in the soul of his victim from the pain inflicted. He found the human soul peaceably, yet veritably glowed with power. This was a powerfully gifted soldier indeed. The interrogator thought the glow of the soul rivaled that of the commander of this great vessel. The human stiffened as he felt the tendrils of the interrogator's power driving deeper and deeper into his soul. The interrogator began to see his thoughts and let the experience wash into him. This would be the first route into the depths of the human soul. Crewman Jacobson had been warned during his training that some of the Zith torturers were telepaths. Telepathy was rare enough amongst the Terran military forces that he had not been able to attend the resistance training, even though he had volunteered for it. Instead, he had to rely solely on the theoretical training that he'd been given. The interrogator felt himself pull out of the human's mind slightly at the strange thought. Voluntarily subjecting oneself to telepathic invasion, not even the most bloodthirsty or fanatical members of the Zith Pantheon demanded such a sacrifice. Telepathic invasion was dangerous to the victim, 
It can often lead to a lifelong impairment of the mind and body. The gods of humanity must be vile indeed. The interrogator let the thoughts of the human flow over him once more. Jacobson thought back to the lecture that he had attended in the academy. The balding man in a hover chair had spoken in depth about his experience with the telepath. No matter how strong you are mentally, a telepath is going to get into your head somehow, the man said. Most human telepaths are adherent to Gaia. The interrogator made a mental note of the name before allowing the thought to wash over him again. But there are a fair amount of mutants who possess the ability, not to mention the Zith. There seem to be a larger number of telepaths amongst them than among humanity, leading us to think that they have either bred selectively for the trait, or their pantheon is freer with the gift than Gaia is. The interrogator held the thoughts in place, freezing the human's mind. He reached over to the table nearby and scribbled a note. The first name of the deity found in the subject's mind was Gaia. The domain and nature of this deity is yet unknown. It is not yet clear if this Gaia is the name of a particular god or the human name for their own pantheon. Further study will be required. Notably, the human do not seem to have a large number of telepaths. This guy seems to hold the gift in reserve for the devout. Additionally, as a species, it seems that genetic mutation is common, possibly even accepted amongst the species. This may indicate a fleshcrafted deity holds primary sway over the pantheon. I shall delve deeper to see if this human's mind holds more answers. The interrogator let the human's mind flow forward, nudging slightly in the direction of the sky. Jacobson wasn't particularly devout in worship of Gaia. What? His mother would have been mortified to see how rarely he attended service anymore. But he hardly had time for worship, especially with the war and everything. He promised himself that he would go back to attending temple if he got out of this. He knew that Gaia wasn't particularly fond of war, especially amongst her children. But he also knew that she understood the necessity with the Zith threatening all of humanity. The interrogator once again froze the human's mind and leaned away, disturbed. This human had a soul as powerful as the most devout, and yet he rarely attended any worship whatsoever. The interrogator made another note. The human mind holds very little devotion to the sky. But I have been unable to locate any other name of a deity despite turning the subject's mind towards worship in general. Perhaps the pantheon of humanity hides itself from the knowledge of captured soldiers to keep the pantheon of Zith from discovering their identities and weaknesses. Still, such an expungement should have weakened the gifts the soldier had received and left obvious holes in his mind. I shall need to delve deeper into the fabric of his soul to find the scars. May Holy Creth guide me. Jacobson felt the attention of the interrogator return. Those blips were strange and uncomfortable, but he recognized brain freeze from the lectures. Instead of following along Jacobson's train of thought again, the interrogator pushed down beneath. It felt to Jacobson like hot knives digging into every inch of him, pushing deeper and deeper until they were cutting into something beyond his body. 
Jacobson understood instinctively that the interrogator was digging into his very soul. He writhed and screamed into his gag, but was unable to do anything more than endure as the interrogator tore him apart. The interrogator held in the essence of the human soul before him. He could see no scars upon it, indeed. It did not even have the patchwork appearance of one who was beheld by a deity and had the power injected into them. The interrogator's own soul had a great scar running down the center, bisecting him where his name had been held. The interrogator turned to the human soul over before him, disbelieving. No one could have a soul so bright and powerful without being rebuilt by deity. Experimentally, the interrogator tried to excise a small piece of the human soul to examine its composition. He reached out to cut the soul, but found it resisted far more than he would have expected. He pressed harder, attempting to tear a chunk of the soul off, but found the soul entirely immutable. The interrogator could examine it, even peer into it, but he could not alter it, no matter how hard he pressed. The interrogator was baffled. Not even the strongest of soul would have completely rebuffed his greatest efforts. Frustrated, the interrogator peered as deeply as he could into this inexplicable soul. There was something there. Something he had not seen before. Some seed of power. The interrogator found himself standing in a small clearing in a dense forest. Yellow sunlight fell around him. Some avian creatures sang in the distance. The interrogator saw a human female standing in the middle of the clearing. She was perhaps a head shorter than the human the interrogator had just been examining, with golden hair that fell to the middle of her back. The interrogator stepped forward cautiously. This experience was reminiscent when the interrogator had sacrificed his name to Kreth but knows that deity would take the form of a human. As the interrogator got closer to this mysterious human, he could see eternity in her eyes, and he knew this was no mortal. This was a member of the human pantheon. Somehow, the human was linked directly to the very essence of the human's deity. The interrogator tried to take a step back, but found himself bound by vines that had wrapped around his limbs. The deity stepped forward towards the interrogator, a look of deep sorrow on her face. I am Gaia. The interrogator felt the raw power in the name as she spoke it. You are a child of Kreth, of the Zithpantheon, she continued, walking slowly around him. Your pantheon has declared me and my children had a theme, and now seeks our utter destruction. The interrogator could not even move to speak, but he felt her see the confirmation in his mind. The interrogator had been present when the High Prophet had received the vision from the entire pantheon, igniting the holy war against the humans. Gaia stepped up in front of the interrogator, fixing him in her eternal gaze. I despise war, she said, sadly. I am the mother. I represent life. That is my domain. The interrogator could see the history of the humans in her eyes as she spoke. 
I've been the lone member of the human pantheon since they discovered the ability to travel faster than night. I was the first, and I am the last. Before they even left my cradle, my children had perfected the art of war. They invented and turned terrible weapons on themselves. My children are wild. They seek freedom above all else and want not to be bound. They destroyed the budding deities that they would have come to rule them. My children would have destroyed themselves if I had not spoken to them. I granted them the ability to travel faster than night and begged them to go out amongst the stars and live. The interrogator could see the deaths of the primordial human deities as the humans turned terrible weapons upon them and rent them asunder. He could see this Gaia kneeling and pleading before the leaders of humanity to not destroy themselves. Gaia turned away from the interrogator as tears welled up in her eyes. I am not like your pantheon, she said, wiping her eyes and turning back to meet his gaze. I do not directly interfere with my children's souls. But then, even referring to them as my children marks me as different from your gods, doesn't it? The interrogator gritted his teeth. This was true. The pantheon of Zith considered the Zith useful tools, perhaps valuable servants to the more kindly. As far as the interrogator knew, none of the Zith pantheon took a paternal role for his species. It was an honor to be of use to the pantheon. The souls of the most valuable servants were taken and used to enhance the next generation of Zith. The interrogator's own enhanced soul was taken from one of these exalted ones. As I said, my domain is life and the natural world, Gaia continued. I cannot grant the same gifts that your pantheon grants for power in war. Gaia turned and began to walk away from the interrogator as vines began to constrict around him. I have instead granted each and every one of my children a seed of my power. The seed makes their souls immutable to all outside influence and grants them potential. The way Gaia said that last word made it echo in the interrogator's mind, much like Gaia's name had when she spoke it. My children can adapt to any situation, changing and manipulating their own souls to grant themselves power. Often, like so many other things, they have turned this ability upon themselves. But your gods have given them a threat against which they can unite. Gaia wrapped her arms around herself in a posture that spoke of great fear. I have glimpsed their potential. She turned back to the interrogator. Sadness etched into her face. I knew this potential when I first granted them this gift. And now you have unleashed it upon yourselves. The vines grew tighter, now tearing into his soul, ripping him open, pulling pieces of it off. Take comfort, Gaia said, as darkness overtook Juka, the interrogator. Your species will not be utterly destroyed, but your pantheon will not survive the wrath of my children. End 
of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.